everyone, and welcome to the Playmakers Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Elwood, and joining me today is NFL Network's MJ Acosta. This is a fun one because I've known MJ for a few years, but to see her have the success she's had with NFL Network recently is really awesome. MJ works as a Bay Area reporter covering the Oakland Raiders and San Francisco 49ers and also contributes to a number of NFL Network programs. Additionally, she's bilingual and will be heading to Mexico City this coming Monday for the game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. I'll talk to MJ about how she balances covering multiple beats, working three primetime games in 11 days, and what she's expecting from that AFC West clash in Mexico. So now, let's welcome in MJ Acosta, presented by Mercury Insurance. Okay, let's say hello to MJ Acosta. MJ, how are you doing today? I'm good. Just at the gym, so feeling good. Gotta get it in, because you know what our you know, with our schedules, you never know when you're going to be able to work out. Yeah, right. And I know you're about to hop on a plane in like a couple hours here and, and head out for the week. So I know it's it's crazy, but good for you. Proud of you. <laughs> so usually when I do these, I'm having conversations with women for really kind of the first time with a lot of them. But this is a good one because you and I go back a few years. So this is fun for yeah, me because it's like it's like talking to a friend, basically. But I know a bit about your path, but for those who don't, just give us a little breakdown on how you started out. You know, it's been such a long journey, almost just specifically in broadcast for about a decade now. Um, I started in Miami um, at a locally owned, just independent Spanish language station. So, you know, my Latina roots really helped me out in being able to stay home to start my career, which as as you know, Haley, is unheard of. So I really kind of grabbed that opportunity and ran with it and, and sort of, not sort of, quite literally hustled my way um, through the Miami market, did a few stations there, the last one being um, the ABC station there where I really felt like I found a home. Um, but it, it was a situation where I really wanted to spread my wings um, and really take hold of being able to cover sports 100%. I was almost like the jack of all trades there covering everything from entertainment to traffic, hard news, anchoring. Um, but I knew that this was what I wanted to pursue. So that's when I, you know, headed to San Diego where we met yes. um, and I was able to to fulfill a, a role as lead anchor there, which was another thing that I would I would not have fathomed, right, to be in a market like that um, and to be the lead anchor. And then ultimately ended up being the lead anchor for both the NBC and the Telemundo station there. Um, so I was doing two um, sportscasts every night. Um, well, actually, it was more like four to six sportscasts sportscast depending on the day part uh, of the newscast um in two languages and you know writing my own stuff had some help from producers but you know we were such a small team that everybody had to had to pull their own weight and then some um and it without question prepared me as best it could for this next step which is now with the nfl network um you know covering the league in large i mean i'm based in the bay area now so i mainly do um, Chargers, uh, rather Raiders and, <laughs> and uh, Niners, Niners yep. but I do right. But I do all of the West Coast teams and and truly anywhere that they want to send me. I'm sort of like uh, put me in, coach. I don't care where. When you talk about kind of being a jack of all trades, sort of starting out, how did that help you to where you are now? Well, it is. I think a lot of people forget how much you need to know and how multifaceted you need to be to do any kind of journalism. Um, but especially with us, it's so multimedia platform based. Um, So you have to be able to understand the concepts of shooting your own video, of editing your own stuff, what producers are thinking when they're putting together a show, as well as the basic tenets of being a reporter and news gathering and being out there. So when you've been able to do it across several genres like like I have, um, it's really helpful because you have the ability to be a chameleon and, and to jump 
from one thing to the next. And in my current role now at the NFL, I'm able to jump from one team to the next because I know how to prep and I know how to study and I know how to be able to kind of switch um, the gears um, as quickly as, as they require me to. Yeah. Talk about Alita. And that was literally my next question because we were in the press box in Oakland <laughs> and you were telling me how you had to go from that game to covering the 49ers the next day in advance of their Monday night game, which was going to be your third primetime game in 11 days. So when you right. talk about being able to switch, how do you do that? Like, how do you prepare? How do you study? So you can just kind of at the drop of a hat switch gears so quickly. Well, coffee is really important in this whole equation (laughs) um, because, yes, it requires a lot of late nights. Um, So the bulk of my job, I know folks see what we do on TV and what we post on social media, but the bulk of my work is me hunkered down at home studying. So I have, you know, our our NFL research department is (laughs) incredible. I don't know how how this team comes up with all of these things and any questions that we have, um, you know, they're able to answer and, and provide so much context with statistics. Um, that is really, really helpful. And I think that's the biggest difference coming from a local news background to now being um, at a network level, the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. I am forever grateful. Like, we are not worthy. <laughs> it's so great. So I, I dive into these these research packets, these statistics, and then I cross-reference that with listening to press conferences, what I've gathered, talking to the players in the locker room during availabilities, um, my conversations with the coaches. Um, it's a lot. So it's a lot of content to disseminate and then I have to break it down into you know the two minutes that everyone sees on tv and what I feel is the most relevant um to the viewers and to the fans so it's it's a lot to take in thank god I've always been sort of a a studious person I'm a bit of a nerd I love tabs and highlighters and you know (laughs) I I can dive deep into the stuff doesn't mean it doesn't give me a headache um but it's football at the end of the day so it's, it's stuff that we love that makes it so much easier for me to be able to sit here for hours um, a lot of times watching a game on television and then um, still breaking down, you know, my, my prep for the next game day. And it's not just game day for us, as you know, Haley, we're doing the the, the lead up to the games right. and what the big storylines are and the injuries and what these players are going through and the franchises and, you know, the divisional <laughs> aspects of each matchup. So it, it is a lot of work, um, but I love it. It's, it's a challenge for me. Like, all right, how deep can I go here um, and really bring content that's, that's relevant to everybody who's watching? I had asked Colleen Wolf this last week, but what do you love about working at NFL Network now? I got You know, it's so funny you mentioned Colleen because she's probably one of my favorite people there. And truly, it's 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 the group that we have, starting with you know the women that I get to work with. These are women that I followed, you know, for several years throughout mm-hmm. their careers, and now to be able to like text Colleen or Kay or Cynthia or Lindsay, you know, it's insane that I, you know, before it'd be like, well, Lindsay Rhodes just said on Total Access, and now it's like. She's my coworker. She's my friend. Yeah. It's you know women that I've admired for so long. To, to call them my colleagues and to call them my friends is, is truly just it, it. It motivates you so much more because they set such a standard that for me I, I need to at minimum match it right. So and that's that's a tall order because they're so amazing. So not to go on a gush fest here, but it, it truly <laughs> is that way. Um, and they're so supportive. I mean, you, you've seen how how we all meet up whenever we can, be at the combine or or Super Bowl or wherever. Um, when the planets align and all of us can be in the same space, it, it truly is such such a great motivator um, to see that. Listen, we're out here. Like, yeah, there there were maybe small in numbers, but we're strong, strong together. So that's definitely one of my biggest biggest kind of um, perks. 
for lack of a better word, of working with the NFL. And it's so cool, like you said, just to have women supporting women, because I think sometimes you Mm -hmm. get in that you think of it being such a catty industry. But really, when you meet these women who, you know, I would say like like you to me, like we were in San Diego together. And when I see you, it's like we pick up where we left off. And it's so cool. And to pick your brain and just have that kind of that support system, like you mentioned, is just so awesome. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, when we were in a locker room, we're usually the only yeah. or like one of two, if we're lucky, women there. So I remember the first time I saw you at Chargers, I was like, hey, girl, come <laughs> hey, here. Exactly. Like, we're we're going to be friends. Um, <laughs> right. Like by default. But it, it's just been such a great experience. And like when I start, first started, like when we first announced that I joined the NFL Network, James Slater and Tiffany Blackman and the DDP Koala, I mean, the other the fellow reporters, Kim Jones, Stacey Dale, they all reached out to me like, hey, girl, welcome to the fam. What do you need? Let me break it down for you. And similarly, the women behind the scenes, too. We have such amazing producers and women at the assignment desk. Like, there are gals holding it down behind the scenes, and y'all have no idea the stuff that they go through and the support that they provide for us, too. So it's such a well-rounded village. Um, And equally, i got to shout out the guys, too, because Jim Trotter, who you know from San Diego, Steve White, you know, all of those guys – are, are they're feminists too so they're right there with us and, and they're pushing us to be better and helping us to grow in our roles and to make sure that we have the same opportunities um and and that we're out there um with all of the resources that we need and the connections that we need to succeed so i always ask for the biggest piece of advice that my guests can share for those who want to get into this industry so from your standpoint what's yours biggest piece of advice is don't get in your own way and that has changed for me. Like the advice would have been something else, right? Like make sure you know every aspect of the industry, which is of course still super valid and very relevant and you should absolutely do that. Um, but I think what I've come to realize though, even over the past few months is that we tend to put, and you know what, let me not generalize it. I'll only speak for myself. I tend to put self-imposed barriers on myself, either if it's self-doubt or worthiness, like should I be here? Do I belong here? Do I deserve this? And the answer is yes, you do. Like, occupy the space. You absolutely have, you've worked for every single bit that you can, and you'll continue to do so, because that's just the biz. Nobody is getting, like, a free ride here. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is paying their ticket of entry. And, um, but that, but along that, those same lines, like, you deserve to be here. You deserve to occupy that space. And don't, don't block yourself from potential opportunities because you're scared or you think you're not ready or you're not worthy enough to do so because all of that is just in your head. Um, and I think we're sort of conditioned um, to think that way, right, to kind of keep us in, in a little bubble, in a little box. Um, and so I, I don't want the women that come next, the next wave of journalists, to feel that way, ever. Like, you, you belong here. So own it. We'll get back to our convo with MJ in a few, but we wanted to remind you that you won't miss a minute of the action with the official Los Angeles Chargers app. Follow real-time stats, watch your favorite Bolts programming, and live local Chargers games all season long. Download today at chargers.com slash app. Geographic and device restrictions apply. Local and primetime games only. Data charges may apply. Chargers fans, we know you love the Bolts, but you probably also love saving money too. And Mercury Insurance can help with that because Chargers fans save an average of $769 with Mercury. That'll get you great seats for the next game and jerseys for the whole family. So what are you waiting for? Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com to see how much you could save. It only takes a few minutes to switch and it could save you a lot of money. Don't wait. Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com and go Chargers. Savings info based on 2019 California Department of Insurance Rate Comparison Profile 30 Individual savings may vary. 
Now let's get back to the interview with MJ Acosta presented by Mercury Insurance. So you mentioned you're bilingual, you're a Latina, you mentioned working at Telemundo also while doing NBC7 in San Diego. But ultimately, what does your culture mean to you, especially now being in this industry? It's huge because I think a big misconception is that Latinos are sort of just catching on to American football and that Latinos don't really understand or that they occupy such a small um, percentage of what is the NFL fan base. But I think coming from a place like Miami and before I lived in Miami, I lived in New York where, you know, Latinos are an overwhelming majority. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have a different perspective in that sense. You know, my uncles and my father were the ones who taught me about sports and who taught me about football. And to this day are the ones that called just yesterday. My uncle was like, all right, you said that homeboy is improving on the defensive line. Is that true? Like, and I'm like, yes, listen, this is what I want. So like we go back and forth and I think it's, it's um, especially as a woman, because um, the Latino culture can be sometimes so full of, of like machismo. I think it's huge to see that shift in that more women are, are taking this new role in sports and really owning it and showing that we can go toe to toe, not just like as a broadcaster, but women and female athletes are, kicking butt across the board so to be able to bring that and for other latinas to reach out to me and say oh my god i haven't seen someone who looks like me who speaks my language who understands my, how i grew up and and how i was watching sports um it's it, it means a lot um i think a lot of the women that are are covering sports and there are many latinas doing it but not so many on you know the american english side on the mainstream if you will for lack of a better phrase um, and so I, I, I take a big responsibility in that to be able to guide other girls who are trying to do this now. Very, And I say girls because I have young women, you know, reaching out to me on social media who are still in high school. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, in high school, I had no idea that this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> you right. know, So that they have the, the foresight and the wherewithal to know that and, and you know, to be ballsy enough to, to say, no, this is what I want. And I know it now, even though I'm 15, 16 years old, I'm like constantly inspired by them. So it's it's. It's a huge, huge, um, not burden, but it's like a responsibility on my shoulders, but it's one that I take um, very seriously and wholeheartedly. It makes me really happy. So going um, to Mexico and being able to, to reach out to other Latinos um, is going to be huge. Yeah. How special is it going to be to cover a game in Mexico City? It's insane. Like, I, I know last year I was slated to, to cover that game. <laughs> almost there literally about to board the plane and it was it didn't happen so um it, it there's been all of this anticipation going there and when i meet other broadcasters you know there, people are always sort of shocked that i am latina and that i speak spanish and that it's my native tongue it, it was my first language before i learned english um and so i, I think that's the other side of it for me is it showing a, a different group of of latinos that you know we're out here and we're representing all latinos that come in all shades all shapes all sizes that you know speak different dialects that have different accents that look different um and and they have different backgrounds you know i you, i've you seen by my social media I identify as an afro latina because mm-hmm. i'm from the caribbean so we're mixed with so many different things you know and you i i take that on as much as i take my latino culture on and so um i'm, I'm trying to break a little bit of a stigma here and, and show people that i may not look like what you would imagine a latina should look like based on what you've seen on mainstream, but I'm just as much of it. Like, listen, my, my grandmother till day she died did not speak a lick of English. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, we grew up listening to salsa and merengue and bachata, and that's such a huge part of me. And um, But I'm discovering new parts of, of my ancestry and where I came from. And so 
this is a really big step in, in, in helping other Latinos do that as well. So you were at the game between the Chargers and the Raiders. You've seen the Bolts recently. You're going to be in KC leading up to this game. But what are you expecting just kind of overall in this one? You know, this this AFC West division has been such an anomaly this year, right? I think everyone pretty hard set on like the Chiefs are the ones that everybody's going to be chasing in the AFC West. And and it hasn't turned out that way. While they still are in first place, I think it's, it, we're still at a point in the season and with how these teams have been playing across the board that it, it, it's pretty open for anyone to kind of switch it up here. And having lost last week, the Chiefs meeting, um, having lost last week, it, it, it creates a different dynamic in the AFC West. So I, I think that a lot of the mistakes that happened on the Chargers side against the Raiders game, or I think that can be applied this week going up against like Patrick Mahomes or this kind of offense. Um, it, it's going to be a, a battle. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love these divisional games because it's so intense. It's so hardcore, especially when the divide is so minimal at this point, right? right. Like anybody can kind of switch it up and switch up the order. So um, I'm really looking forward to this. I love that it's an international crowd. I think that adds just another layer. The elevation scares me a bit, more so for myself than, than the players, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, but I, I think that's just like one more wrinkle in, in this whole scene, right? So if nothing else, I think this is going to come down to one of those like late fourth quarter battles for sure. What's the key to containing Patrick Mahomes? Oh, man. I mean, can he? Because I, I don't know that you can contain a quarterback like him. You know, he's he's up there at the ranks to me um, with Russell Wilson and, and with Lamar Jackson, where, you know, he can run it. He can do some ridiculous acrobatic tricks, even though he just came off of an injury. Like, what? Who are you? What are you? You're not human. Um, so I think it's, it's more so about containing the pieces around him. Um, and this Chiefs offense is very high powered, as you know, he has weapons all the way up and down in the in the air on the ground so it's, it's going to have to be kind of through through the defense it's going to have their work cut out for them from the secondary to the defensive line I mean everybody's going to really have to um, step up and contain these guys the turnover battle I think will be huge in this one as well we talked about this earlier but you had covered the Chargers for a few years even though now you've sort of mm-hmm. shifted to the league level but when you have games like this, what's it like getting a chance to see some of the players that you knew back then kind of grow into who they are today? It's an, it's incredible. And it's so funny because um, like Tyra Williams, who's now with the Raiders, yeah. of course, it's like I, I have the context of him back, you know, in 2016 when <laughs> he was still just starting out. So new in the league with the Chargers and you see the evolution of these guys. And I forget sometimes you know, that they are so much younger than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to age myself, but they are much younger than I am by a lot. Um, so it, you see them not only grow as players, but you grow as men. A lot of them have families now. And, and it's like, you know, I've seen their wives and I see their kids. And it, it's awesome to see the kind of like the total aspect of it, not just the X's and O's and the stat sheets on these guys. Um, and, and that's definitely one of the most refreshing parts of it because I think people forget that they are human. Um, they just, you know, have to happen to play a really hardcore sport that <laughs> millions and millions of people watch every single week. Um, but to see these guys involved, to see guys that like Hunter Henry, I was there when he got drafted, you know, and it's like he's gone through injuries and he's come back and he's become such a pivotal role when he's healthy in this Chargers offense. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard not to root for these guys. Like people always ask me, like, oh, well, who's your team, MJ? And it's like, well, you know, as, as a journalist, I just like, I root for good football, but I do root for these guys mm-hmm. individually, regardless of what team they are on, because I've seen their trajectory. 
And then lastly, you mentioned the international crowd, but just kind of overall, what sort of environment are you expecting at Estadio Azteca on Monday? The thing is, I have no idea, right? Like, I've never <laughs> been to, to an international NFL American football game. Like, even that phrase sounds weird. Like, I've been to, I've been to Tijuana, where, um, where I've been to a soccer game for, for Liga MX with the, with the uh, Tijuana Cholos. But that's totally different. That's soccer. Like, it's different than American football. So I'm really curious to see, like, how the fans like which team do they attach themselves to? I know like you see like a myriad of, of jerseys when I watch it on television. So I'm really curious to see just how hard, if they're just as hardcore um, in American football as they are with football. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. But no matter what, it's going to be so hype. Well, we are excited. We're looking forward to it. We will see you there. Stay hydrated. Yes. <laughs> we'll channel the altitude <laughs> together. But thank you so yes. much, MJ, for coming on. We so appreciate it. Thank you, Haley. Welcome and all of you. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of Playmakers. Many thanks to MJ Acosta for joining me. Now, one final reminder is to subscribe to the all-new Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. And good news, we are now on SoundCloud and Spotify. It is your one-stop shop for all things Chargers directly from the team, including in-depth conversations and analysis with players, coaches, executives, national reporters and broadcasters, and much more. Be sure to rate and review, and thanks for listening. Catch you guys next time.